All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the CYDC podcast. Um, as you probably would have seen from the episode title, this week is Addictions Part 2. And I am very excited about this. I know Arushi is very excited about this, too. Yes. Because we have a very, very special guest, and that is my dad. Um, and so, dad, would you like to tell us what your name is and your gender pronouns? Hey, uh, my name is Mike Shemansky, Sr., and uh, I'm a he. All right, perfect. Thank you. No problem. And can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm 63. I've been retired now for for probably two or three years. I worked for 40 years at a factory and uh, married, raised three beautiful kids, and uh, doing a podcast now. (laughs) You're, do you feel do you feel young and hip doing a podcast? Well, I've been wanting to maybe try to do one once in my lifetime, so this is a start. So maybe I can do more later too if I help somebody. That's the main goal. So I mean, a spinoff podcast with Mike Senior as the host, I think, is uh, a great idea. Very cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. So if everyone's ready, I can I guess start diving into our questions sure no problem so i guess starting off with the first one uh what Mm -hmm. does addiction mean to you uh addiction to me is uh you have no control over something a substance or some kind of uh personal thing or something you see or touch or feel or that uh mine is alcohol some people it's drugs some that could be sex, it could be eating habits, disorders, weight, and all that. But mine is alcohol. Um, it you lose control over everything in your life. You you have a foggy mind. Uh, uh, you don't think properly, and uh, it's the most important thing in your life is your addiction. Nothing matters, and you don't see things clearly, and everything's foggy. A good example of clear, seeing clearly would be everybody's out to help you, but you think everybody's out to hurt you and uh, looking at you as a bad person, which it took me through counseling and going to Homewood to realize that people were trying to help me, not hurt me. But when you're in a foggy mind, that's all you see. And Remind me, because I think on the last podcast, I said you were sober for 15 years, but how long has it been that you've been sober? 14 and uh, 15 in October. Okay, so I was it's, a, it's a fight every day, but it's all worth it. And it's not, it's not hard. It's easy. It's hard at first, but it gets easier as you go. Hmm. And I'm, I'm curious, and you mentioned a place called Homewood. Is that a rehabilitation uh, center? It's a, it's a rehab center in Guelph. Homewood, and uh, that's where I learned all I had to learn about myself, the tools I needed to live after I left, and uh, without that, I probably wouldn't have made it. So I, I learned how to live without my uh, my addiction. Yeah. And and when you were at Homewood, what kind of stuff or treatment did they have for you there that like really kind of set you up for success? Uh, it, it's, uh, just, uh, it's hard to say, uh, it's been a while. Um, 
it just it it teaches you uh it's tough to say for me uh, i'd have to think about that uh mostly what you get out of there is learning how to live without booze or drugs and you go back into life without it it's it becomes second in your life not first in your life and and if you want an example of that it's like everything i did i had to drink before i did something and i drank before i felt like somebody to fit in i drank for i, I drank for the wrong reason it wasn't recreational it was to get through the day and that's how i feel it became an addiction more than a social thing yeah and for you you mentioned a few times now i think that kind of the foggy perception of when people are trying to help you it's kind of yeah. hard to see it in the moment so for you what what kind of eventually led you to the, the homewood facility how was uh i was still in uh i was still uh in doubt i wasn't accepting the fact i was an alcoholic or i had an issue uh, I was in denial. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, I actually I was told to go there for many reasons. Uh, well, actually, I I ended up flatlining. And that was my rock bottom. I hit rock bottom. So it was either do or die, live or die. or And I had to realize that I had to make a choice. So my choice was to get the help. And that's where it started. And if you were to kind of reflect a little bit on your path of alcoholism to now what are some of the biggest differences that you've kind of noticed in your life if you were to kind of compare from before to, to now well first I admitted I had a problem so that's the big step and that's one of the first steps in, in the 12-step program for alcoholism I was in denial I never thought it was me I thought it was everybody else I didn't think I had an issue and uh it was my uh, everyday thing. Um, and then what was the question again? <laughs> Just some of the differences, like from in your life now, if you were to kind of compare before and after. Uh, I have to put every time I do something, I have to, I have to do it without thinking about drinking first to do something. I'm, I'm tr still trying to learn how to, uh, be confident enough to do things on my own and to go forward. But I've also learned who cares. It's it, as long as I be my, as long as I'm myself, it doesn't really matter what other people think. Uh, I don't need it to survive. I, I, I could, I don't need it to be happy. I'm happier. I'm clear minded. I know what I say and think mm -hmm. uh, a little more reassured of myself. And it's really easy. And life's a lot easier this way, a lot easier than, uh, you know, not knowing where you are, what you're saying and all that stuff. And uh, you end up missing out on a lot of things, especially your family, your kids, your friends. Uh, I always say it's better to be on the outside looking in than it is to be on the inside looking out. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing to me because I was always ending up in some place in the hospital, uh, drinking too much. One day, one of my friends told me that. He says, well, do you want to be inside or outside the rest of your life? And it scared me in a way because I started saying, well, I'm going to be on the inside looking out and I won't get out. So it, I had to do something to, to get on the outside looking in. 
I think that's a really powerful question that your friend asked in that moment, even in terms of yeah. getting you to consider the other perspective, even if maybe you weren't in a place to look at it, but it's exactly. a powerful impact. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And that all comes with wanting help. Like you, you have to want when people come to help, you got to want them too. It's not something you just ignore and if they come or not, or you did, you tell them they're out. Like I said, you got to have a clear mind on those people because I thought they were against me all the time. So you have to learn they're trying to help. They're not trying to put you down and make you want to go have another drink because they're putting you down, but they're there to help. It kind of, you know, and I'm still with them today. They're still there for me. And through all the, uh, one of the major differences is too, is you learn who your real friends are and you learn to stay away from slippery people, places, and things. Yeah. Because you, where I went to a bar with the guys to drink, I drank to fit in. I fit in. I went with them. Uh, now I don't go to the bar, but I still have the friends. If the real friends stay, I made new friends. Mm -hmm. uh, places, you don't go to a bar. And if you do, you make sure you don't go alone. Okay. Uh, and things, you just, uh, it's just, you got to think before you do. And that's helps a lot. And I think that what you're talking about too is, is like, you know, when you were drinking, you kind of felt like you fit in and that you had this group of people yeah. to kind of go out yeah. with. And when I reflect kind of on where you are now and it's, I don't really see much of a difference, right? Like in terms of fitting in, like you have so many people within your life that are yeah. friends and family and people to support you. Yeah. And I think, I mean, from my perspective, uh, I think you fit in everywhere within your life, right? Yeah. Even, you know, with, without the alcohol. So I think that's yeah. Um, yeah. something that's powerful as well, right? Is just really Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's real friends and there's fake friends. So the real friends, you learn who they are. A real friend will be there through good and bad and respect your disease, respect you have an issue. It's not something I do because I want to do it's something that controls me and those are the friends that keep you away from those things too but you learn as you go and then life becomes a lot easier I didn't have to drink with them to fit in I was myself and they accepted me so that's something else you learn and I mean knowing that even what you mentioned kind of around respecting what addiction is understanding it being with people who understand it what do you feel like some of the most common misconceptions are that people have around addiction? Well, misconceptions is everybody thinks it's, uh, it's not, it's, it's people like, I never thought it would happen to me. My dad was a drinker and an alcoholic that I've learned by being one myself. And I always thought I'd never, I'd never be like him. I didn't want to be like him, but it's still, I still became that person whether it was through the genes or whatever, but I do feel it's up to the person to, to go one way or the other. So, and anyone can, can get, become addicted and anybody can recover. It's just, it's a lifetime job if you want to live or die. So, and I use live or die lightly, but that's, that's what I have to say because that's, that's the way that tells me that, I got to keep doing this. And I know like kind of on that topic of, you know, yeah. choosing to live over choosing to die in that sense. Right. Um, well, that... actually, actually you don't choose to die. It just, 
<laughs> you don't you can't stop it once you're addicted so mm-hmm. it will it will do it for you yeah yeah. But it's still, I know, because like, obviously I have insider information since you're my dad, but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's something that doesn't really go away, right? Like it's something that you have to constantly battle, even though you've it's, been sober for 14 years. Yeah, it's 24 hours a day, uh, 365 days a year, but one day at a time. And uh, it's, I you know, you always think, well, 50, 50% of your life is fun and 50% of your life is is uh, serious working, working on something, trying hard. I've learned it's got to be 80% work and 20% having fun because my fun leads me into back to my old ways. I got to work hard every day. 80% of my life in the morning is staying sober, staying healthy, thinking, uh, doing what I have to do to survive. 20% is just enjoying it. But that 20% is like 100% compared to what it was before. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a big difference. And it's it, believe it or not, it's the easiest life I've had. Life much easier than it was before trying to be somebody else. So that's that's amazing. That's that's awesome. Um, and if we were to kind of turn our attention a little bit to um, what helped you overcome your addiction, I know you mentioned Homewood earlier, but is there yeah. anything else kind of within your life that was really, really helpful in terms of helping you overcome your addiction? You never, I might correct you on that. You never overcome your addiction. You, It's with you for the rest of your life. That might be a conception mm-hmm. because it's with you for the rest of your life. Don't let it fool you because there's that little devil on your shoulder for the rest of your life telling you, go ahead have that beer you'll be fine and i still have it today after 14 years but uh and you have your weekdays you have your strong days and then even if you don't drink or you are not an addict you still have those issues but when you're sober and clear-minded you can deal with life you know where to go you go to friends you believe in friends you believe in yourself a bit and family you, the big thing is to talk it out you got to talk to somebody even if you just talk. You can't hold it in. They always used to say at Homewood, you got to empty that backpack in life because if you carry it around, it'll eventually bring you down. Yeah. And that's that's like one of those scenarios that you listen to there and go there. That's what I got out of Homewood too. Those little sayings of, wow, that's so true. Everybody can do it. Even if you don't have a problem, empty your backpack when you're let's say normal, if you want to call it that. Anybody that doesn't have a problem, don't carry it with you. And I'll tell that to anybody I know who doesn't even have a problem. Hey, I see that you're carrying your backpack. <laughs> Why don't you empty it out and talk to somebody? Because it's going to drag you down. And I don't want you to be like me. So that's one thing. I really like that saying. I think it reminds me of something we often say in our sessions, kind of around emptying your cup when it's too full or when you have too yeah. Many. Yeah. So yeah. We- and you take baby steps too. You take baby steps. You do one step at a time. Like I compare my, I got this whole paper here that explains how I deal with life and that, which thank God my, my son, Michael kind of made me bring it out and go, I have to go over this once in a while. Cause I get off track too, but I say life's like a tiled floor. You don't try to, if you're going to tile a floor in your house, you don't look at the, all the tiles. You just do one tile at a time, one tile at a time. And after that'll, That'll make that path 
to being finished when you when you do those tiles. And don't back yourself in the corner with the tiles. So that's when it's an issue. That's how I look at it, though. When I get back to the corner, that's the bad thing. So don't tie yourself the wrong way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it's how I deal with it. I think that's a like a lovely analogy of how, how to look at it. You know, taking it one tile at a time. That's, uh, that's Well, that's awesome. what works for me. So, yeah. I really... And I still... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I really like that because I think when a lot of people think about recovery and the whole journey of it, it can be yeah. really overwhelming and scary when you're at the beginning stages, even probably yeah. in the middle of it. I don't know. But... Yeah. Yeah. You never think you're going to get there, but it goes there one day at a time. And yeah, one tile at a time. There, every day you got to want to be healthy. You got to want to be sober. You got to want to be non, not addicted, non uh, drug related in that but if you don't want to then uh you know no use trying you're just gonna don't waste other people's time either that's the other thing i would feel like i'm not gonna waste people's time if i'm gonna bring them down with me so yeah but and any any other things that you want to go over <laughs> yeah i got a whole sheet here i should just read it out yeah. explain it like okay this if you want to know how I deal with my life, this is this is what I use. This sheet here actually is what I use. I, like you were going to ask me phrases about phrases I learned and that. Well, what really turned me around was I met this doctor up there in Guelph. And one day he says, he didn't think I was going to make it. He didn't think, he thought I was going to die and he's going to come back one day and I, was, I would have been gone. But he said, one time he said to me, Mike, you got to stop starting, not starting to stop. And that clicked. Now you might have to be in be in the, in the position I was. It hit me. I went, yeah. I kept uh, stop starting, not starting to stop. So I was always starting to stop, but I never stopped starting. Because if you stop starting, you're going to go without it. Yeah. But if you starting to stop, that means you're giving yourself an open door to still do things. I don't know if you can see that thing, but it, for some reason that worked for me. I don't know, but uh, that's what you get when you get help and when you start clearing your mind, but it took a while. Mm -hmm. And then I have this, I don't know if this is out there anywhere, but I use, this is uh, how you, how you stay sober in my life is it's how. So the three letters in how is H is honesty. O, o is uh, openness and willingness is W without those three letters. You'll never have how, if you don't follow those rules. So, and I always say three minus one is zero, because if you take any one of those things in how out, you'll never do it. You'll never know how to do it. And it works, believe me. And it works. And I help people sometime and it helps me since I was on the other side and I'm on the good side now, as far as I'm concerned, I can talk to people and when they're missing one of those things, I says, I can help you. Yeah. But if you, if you're not being honest then you're not being open, mm -hmm. and if you're not being open, you're not being honest. And if you're not willing, then you're never going to know how. Exactly. So that's, there's so many avenues in there that I use. And, and I say, take away any letter and how, and you have nothing. So that's, that's a, that's my other thing. The other thing was, I says, it, it's uh 
it's it's how you get up in the morning or they say if you make how you make your bed is how you lie in it or that's how you live so if you get up in the morning you make your bed and it's nice in your mind you're going to have a nice day but if you get up in the morning and you're all over the place you have no control over yourself it's going to be a rotten day it's going to be a bad day that's where i was so i learned how to make my bed nice in the morning in my mind and everything and got up and start my day nice so that's another way <laughs> and, and i mean there's uh and I go, uh, okay, I can do for this day. Any other questions while I'm reading through this? Or <laughs> I think for me, two things that kind of come to mind that okay. you could maybe touch on a little bit is the first one is AA. Right. And the impact of AA on what that had on you. Okay. Uh, I went to AA when I first came back. But... Uh, and I would recommend to anybody because it's a place to go. But I found maybe I was, I got too many tools or something. But when I went to AA after I came back, I found out and realized everybody was going there for the wrong reasons. They were doing the same thing I was doing. So I kind of faded away from that, but it is a good starting point. But what I meant by that is, when you talk to people there, they would say, if I don't go there, I'm going to lose my job. If I don't go to AA, I'm going to lose my wife. If I don't go there, I'm going to get fired and all, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you're not going there to get help so you can become sober, then you shouldn't be there. And I mean, you get your coin and you get your one day coin, but some people went there one day, but they were drunk going there. Now, I don't know if I should say that, but to me, it, I couldn't handle it because I smelt the booze and it was just drawing me in. So there again, if I would have been cloudy and foggy and still drinking, I would have just loved it there. But since I got help and I'm a better person, I left there because it wasn't for me. So that's how I look at it. And it kind of explains what I've talked about too. Mm. And I think, I think that's pretty powerful on your end of things as well to be able to you know go to these aa meetings and realize that yeah. it's not for you and that you yeah. you you recognize that you know people were there maybe for the wrong reasons and that it just wasn't yeah. the proper environment for you so um i think that's super powerful of a statement it, as well it was kind of i wouldn't say funny but it was kind of uh, embarrassing too that i would go to these meetings and that was me before i'm going man i thought i was fooling the world I thought I could say I, I could have drank 40 ounces of this, 40 ounces of that. And I told people I didn't have a drink yet today. I mean, now I could smell it a mile. I could do it. And I go, wow, what a, what a jerk I was. What a fool that I was trying to make everybody in my life believe that I didn't have a drink today. And I was just lying. It was just a lie. So that's, it wasn't fair to anybody, but it's amazing what you don't think you have or are doing when you're in that position you don't think anybody's going to catch or you think everybody else is the fool <laughs> but <laughs> it's not that way so um, i'm curious in the AA meetings I'm, I'm guessing there's some sort of facilitator or someone managing the group is that something that they would ever address if it was apparent that a member of the group was either intoxicated or smell like alcohol is it no because uh they go there for that one night 
uh, see, I don't really want to say, I don't want to deter it. I just want to yeah. tell you my story, but uh, they don't really, you, at those meetings, they, they can't pinpoint and st- they, they, they're not there to judge people. They're there to help. So if, even if you go there to listen for eight hours or one minute and they keep you sober for one minute, that's a big deal to the people doing the things. There are a lot of people like me there that do them because that's how they stay sober. That's their place to go. That's their, I, I would like the, I like the open sessions where you got together in groups more. There are different kinds that like there again, I'm picking one that I might like, but there again, you go to one and you learn as you go to others if you want. There's other types of AA meetings that might suit your purpose. I like the group ones because you get to talk, talk, speak, and everybody gives an example of what they did to get better. So that's more of a positive meeting, you know? So that's how I looked at it. But I don't go because I, I've learned that I, I got support. Everybody in my life knows what I am. I, I don't. I don't lie. I'm a. I'm an alcoholic. I got a disease. It's here for life. So everybody knows that in my life, and I. Everybody is a support. Everybody's a backup for me. So I kind of got my own AA group of people already. So yeah. that's what I have. Yeah. Sure. I could mm-hmm. probably speak at a meeting, but I don't know if anybody would listen because they might be there for other reasons, right? So. If I can help somebody that's interested and wants help, it's better than going to some place and just speaking what I feel and not everybody's paying attention or listening to get help. So yeah. Yeah. I can assure you that people would probably want to listen to whatever you had to say, considering I as someone <laughs> who as someone who has been around your entire story for my entire yeah. life, I have yeah. learned a lot from you even from this past like thirty minutes. So yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Well, I see. That's the difference. I have nothing to hide and everything. I can talk this way. I used to have to drink to talk. I used to have to drink to fit in. I used to have to drink to go places and that. Now I, I have a hard time, but I've learned how to get through it. And I've dealt with it without it. And that's, that's more of a fight than anything. But it's having a fight to prevent a disease is always a good thing because it reminds you where you were. Mm-hmm. I, I was uh, I was going to live or die. So it just to have those constant reminders, it's a great thing. I just you know, if somebody called me an alcoholic every day, it's great. And you might think it's ironic, but it just reminds you where I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how far might... What's that? And how far you've come since then as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see it as how far I've come. It just says I'm not there yet. <laughs> You have to look. If I start thinking that I'm how far I've come, I might think I'm there already and want to have a drink. So, yeah. and and I have a good example. My my wife challenged me, or she told me one time, "I bet you can't go a whole year without drinking." So I went a whole year without drinking. Guess what I did the day after the year? I celebrated. Mm. So my reason for stopping to drink wasn't the right reason. It wasn't to stop drinking. It was to prove a point. Mm-hmm. Even though I could do it, I didn't do it. It's just the frame of mind you're in. I didn't realize it was a disease or I would get sick and die and I was hurting the rest of the world, the rest of my family. So it's those things you learn. And 
Uh, I know I said yeah. there were two things I wanted to ask you. So the first one was AA, okay. and we kind of covered that. And yeah. the other one is the role of the church in kind of your um, support system, I, I would say. Uh, I believe that, well, I believe you need a higher power in your life. It doesn't have to be religious. It, it, it's good to have religion as a place to go and maybe to start. But you don't, you don't have to go to church. You go for your own reasons. You don't always have to go to follow what everybody else does. I go every Sunday. I feel good when I leave because I got something out of it. But I know there's people that can, you can, uh, a higher power could be going out for a walk in the woods and noticing nature. Nature's a higher power. There's always something out there that is, is higher than yourself that you can get satisfaction from or, or relaxation or get something out of. That's what I've I learned that at home with too. I know people there that had everything but a higher power and kept coming back saying, I don't get it. And one time they went home and came back or went to dad that night, came back. They found something that really made them look forward to getting up to. And that changed their whole sobriety and addiction feature. So you got to have something higher there to believe in, to, 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 to maybe be behind you along the way to help you through a spirit of some kind. So it could be anything. And I think that's actually uh, an important point too, because a lot of the discussions that we have, even within our classes is about spirituality yeah. and what does yeah. spirituality mean? Right. And, spirituality yeah. mean can mean that connection to nature it could mean yeah. having a real sense of purpose within your life and you know being strong in your values it doesn't necessarily have to mean going to church every week right there, yeah. there's more to spirituality exactly. than than yeah. just going to church but i yeah that's that's a wonderful observation and uh awesome yeah awesome note for sure yeah well we went for walks every day at homewood and we went for hikes for an hour walk every day and you had to get up and go and then you know you walk in the forest and the woods up there and you you start that's what they taught you was look for something out here that that that's kind of unbelievable or something that happens that you it's a out of this world type of thing and then i saw stuff out there i go yeah you know there is a lot of things a lot more out there than i thought so that's a spirit in a way so that's good walking being outside talking is the biggest thing Talk to somebody all the time. You got a vent. Yes, we all got a vent. We, we, yeah. all, need, well, hey, we all need moments yeah. to vent, right? Exactly. Everybody has to. <laughs> For sure. And I also learned too that I, I learned that if you when you when you have an addiction and you're not and you're cloudy in that, you have anger in you. You have everybody has anger in themselves all the time, whether you're an alcoholic or just not none of the addictions or not no illness but I, I but i learned that everybody has anger and when you're under an addict addictive part or you're drunk or you're not with it and you're not yourself you have anger that comes out so it's also dangerous to the rest of the people in your life to that are around you when you are that way i didn't think i was angry i didn't think i had anger but, but but I learned that I did have anger. So I was, I was in denial that I ever got angry, but I learned how to deal with that too. And oh. I think we have, we have two more questions left. If that's okay. okay. Um, so the first one is 
if you could say something to your younger self or someone right. currently living with an addiction, right? what would you tell them? Uh, first thing I would say is one day at a time. Um, it, it's, it might seem tough, but life is so much better on the other side when you get better. And uh, this is, I wrote down this stuff way before about what I have to do to, to stay this way. I don't know if this is the same thing, but I'll read. It says, I need balance and structure. Without a foundation, I will always be weak. Without balance, I will always fall down. My goals in the morning when I get up is my foundation for the day. If I don't have one, I should go back to bed. If I don't have balance, I should stay in bed. Today is my day, and I need to live it the way that keeps me alive for just that day. So that's one. And then I wrote down this one. I know I am sick. I can't be helped if I don't ask for help. I can't do it alone. It's better to live a short, healthy, happy life fulfilled than to live a long, sad, unhappy, incomplete life. I must write it out, talk it out, and let all the all and everyone in. My religious belief is a shared belief. A spirit, a spirit or higher power is my own and no one else's. Do the serenity prayer all day, anytime. It's better to be on the outside than to be on the inside. And then on the other one, last line I would always say is don't expect a lot and you won't be disappointed. So don't overestimate yourself. Yeah. Don't try to be somebody else, but you have to take, you have to baby step it. If you do one thing a day, it's better trying to do 10 things and not succeeding. So there's a lot there for that. I think I've been knowing all of that and I've been taking all the different kind of sayings and strategies that you've mentioned into consideration. Yeah. And I know when someone starts the journey of recovery, sometimes it's, it's not always uphill, right? Oftentimes people relapse or things happen. And right. in those cases, do you have any advice or any, any? Well, if somebody thinks if there's the, your, your mind will always try to trick you back into your addiction. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I look at my addiction as I think some people think they can go back when they they're sober, they go back and start over drinking. Yeah. That's not the case. I, I made a, 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 a visual feature of, I said, when you build the house and you start a house and you start a foundation, when you're building that house, then you, and for some reason you had to stop, you got sick or something. You never go back and start from the bottom again. You always start from where you left off. And that's the scariest thing. Everybody thinks, oh, I'll have one beer. I'll have one joint. I'll have one pill. But you always end up back to where you left off and you continue from there. Whatever high everybody has, everybody has a different high. And if it it makes you sick and, and it hurts you, you'll always go, your body will always thrive and go back to that spot. So you'll need, I'll need uh, a whole truckload of alcohol. You don't go back and start with one beer. So it's, that's something you got to be aware of. Don't let, don't let your mind trick you into thinking you can go back and I can, I can handle it now and stuff like that. So 
that's I think I don't know if I helped you with that one or no definitely I think yeah the overall notion of being real and being honest with yourself and yeah 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 you never go back to the beginning you always you always start off from where you left off Mm -hmm. so I I'd be drinking actually I was drinking alcohol from a drugstore that's how bad I got so and don't anybody ever think that it won't be me or that can't happen. I obviously learned my body needed alcohol, not the beer. So, <laughs> yeah, it was scary. <laughs> I, uh, I actually drank alcohol from a drugstore and then I drank some pine stall by mistake and then I flatlined. So I'd been to the other side back, believe me. So I'm just glad I'm around to, to live and I came back. So me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. I was losing more than I was gaining, put it that way. <laughs> it's funny too, because I actually mentioned this in the the podcast, our first uh, part a little bit is that um, I reflected a little bit on what my experience yeah. of you having an addiction was. And I don't ever like really remember the alcohol part or really yeah. remember, because even there were times when I came with you, right? And you were right. kind of picking up alcohol and stuff, right? And so yeah. I was around the alcohol, and I, but I never really understood what the alcohol was doing to you. What yeah. I did understand was the impact that it was having on, like, the family, right? Like, kind of oh, on all of yeah, us, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it was, something, it was something interesting, too, that I reflected on a bit was, you know, I don't, don't necessarily remember the alcohol and remembering and knowing that this substance is what's causing my dad to act like this it was right. rather it was just observing kind of the impact of it and um, right. it was just really really interesting kind of reflecting on that as well and and yeah. and uh, another thing i i often sit i used to sit back and wonder geez when i was a teenager and a student i used to drink beer and everything and i said I used to go to the bar come home go to bed get up and i said i'd function and it was social drinking and whatever then I go, well, what happened? I says, well, there again, when I went out with the guys for a beer, I went out to socialize. I didn't go out just and drink first and then socialize. That's when you know you got an issue is when when you say, oh, I'm going to go with the guys tonight because then I can start drinking mm-hmm. or things like that. Then you know you got an issue because then you're not going out to be with your friends. You're going out because you want to drink first and then be social. So that's where the trigger starts, I found. I didn't realize it was starting until I sat back one day and go, yeah, I did okay when I was a kid, but I never, drinking wasn't a, a priority. You know, you got to put your priorities in, in, in track. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Is now, now I notice kids today, they rather get drunk before they go out to a bar or places. That's, that's the worst thing you can do, you know? It's uh, and, and society makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Society makes it normal, so it's a battle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if there's anybody out there that wants to talk or someone to help, I'm there for them 100%. But you got to want to help yourself. You got to want to help yourself. I can't help you. <laughs> I was on both sides now, so I kind of know who can fool who, who wants help. But it's there if you want help. Absolutely. So I guess just diving into our last question. Um, is there anything else that you would just want people to know about addiction, whether it's people experiencing addiction, family, friends? Just- yeah, I, I could say uh, any anyone can recover. 
anyone can become addicted. It's not something you can say only certain people do. Addiction is a lifetime. And it's, it, it's not the addict. It's not your fault that you're that way. It's something that you can't control. It's not something that somebody can blame you for. You can say, well, it's my fault that I started drinking or I'm, I'm, it's poisoning yourself or whatever. It's something that takes over your body. Your body wants it. So it's like anything else, cancer or any other disease. You don't, you don't try to get cancer. You don't want cancer, but, but you get it. I mean, it's, it's a disease. So to, I compare it to the same thing. And as far as doing anything else, like I said, I, if you really want to, you do the serenity prayer for addiction, which, which AA goes through every step, which is good. And I, I said, you have to have a belief in something higher than yourself, a higher power. That's very, very important, I feel. And uh, yeah, you got to want, you got to have, you got to know, you got to have the how. You got to be honest, open and willing. That's, and if you can't do that, you're not ready. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's sad, but rock bottom is usually the only way you decide which way you want to go. Yeah. And it's sad, to, and I hate to see kids that go that way. So I, I can empathize with everybody I hear about. It's uh, it's a tough, but it's worth it. And that's all I have for now. <laughs> That was amazing. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I have a lot more, but that could be done again if we decide to do it again. And for sure, yeah. a secret We'd part like three episode. <laughs> yeah. So will you guys do you guys post it on something and then and I'll see we'll see if we get anybody wanting help. I, I hope I can I but I, I can only help one person at a time, I always tell people. And sometimes I I I can't help somebody else if I can't help myself first. So sometimes I say, I can't do it this week or, you know, you guys must know that too. Some days you might have a bad day and, but you got to realize yourself too. If I can't take care of myself today, it's not fair to the other person to try to help them or yourself. Mm -hmm. So, and people realize that they respect me for that part. I says, well, I don't want to be listening to you and I got something going on in my life and then give you an answer that just satisfies you for the day. I want to be true, honest, open and willing too. So for sure. Yeah. 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 And if, if anyone does want to reach out to you, I could always um you can tell them I'm we, there. Yeah. And we put yeah. our email in the like in the description yeah. of our podcast. So they can yeah. even email me or Rushi and we can link link them up if they that's sure that they, yeah. they really enjoyed. So absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um thanks, Dad, for <laughs> being no, no problem. On, on the on the episode. Um yeah. this was this was amazing. And uh yeah, obviously. I'm proud of you and everything that you've uh, yeah. been able to do since for the past 14 years. I know every day is n not easy, but uh, it's yeah. a fight. It's a fight, but I have you there and everybody, I have my tools and the, my backup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to have people you can count on. So sure. yeah. All right. So thank you everyone for listening to the show. Um, as we mentioned, um, we will put, our email in the descriptions down below if you'd like to email us and contact us or get a hold of my dad um and again thank you all for listening we hope that you like this episode and 
thanks to my lovely dad for being on the show. It was <laughs> Thank you so much. It, no it, problem. It was amazing. I'm so grateful that you were able I'd to be glad out. to help somebody if they want to help themselves. So yeah. it could be done and it's easy. Life is so easy. And that's the way that we're going to end off the podcast. So yes. uh, yeah. thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks everyone. Bye.